0: Why is it so easy to love our families, yet so hard to like them?
1: Well, that is one of those questions that makes life so rich. And psychiatrists richer. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and that's from Fraser. And isn't that true? There are many aspects about your family which you may love. I mean, some people may hate their families, and many aspects which you dislike or even hate. And so what's going on there? Well, first, you're talking about families. And families involve a lot of individuals. And when I think of my family, I have two sisters and my dad. My mom's no longer around. And so what is it about What is it about my family that I love? And I happen to have good relations with them, so there are many things I could name. We laugh a lot. My sisters and I get along well. Uh, my father's a dear. Um, and then I could ask myself, what is it I don't like, or what is it that's difficult about them? And I could point to things in our past, difficulties or struggles that we've had, or confusions that we had to iron out, and now that's a fairly good family. Let's take a family where it's really mixed. Maybe your father's an alcoholic, or your sister is envious of you, or you're envious of your sister, there are jealousy issues, sibling issues going on. or there are concerns, there are health issues that you're really worried about things and you don't like the way a sibling's handling it or a parent is handling it or you don't like the way they're bringing up their kids. Um, Really, in evaluation of liking or loving or disliking or hating, Really involves your focusing in on specific characteristics you've observed or specific behaviors and judging your family. So, all of us have mixed contexts about when we think of our family, the good and the bad. So, it's good to break it up into individuals. What do I like about my sister, my brother, my mother, my father, uh, the, my niece? And what don't I like? Uh, what's hard? Why is it hard to like? Them. And that's the work of thinking. That's the work of understanding yourself, of introspection. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the rational basis of happiness. And right now I want to welcome Paul. Paul, you're dealing with some anger issues?
0: Well, a little bit. Actually, it's stress with kids. I have three teenagers at home two girls and a boy that are 17, 15, and 13. Okay. And and I, I'm, frust- I'm a little frustrated with myself because I try very hard not to just explode and yell at them. And yet sometimes stuff happens, like an issue happened yesterday, and it turned into this big yelling. And I'm, and I'm, I'm frustrated at myself because I know I don't want to do that. And I, yeah. I'm trying to figure out a way to get a better grip on my self-control.
1: Okay, and what skills do you have already?
0: I'm sorry, what, what?
1: What skills do you have already? Meaning, it sounds like you've reflected and you said, oh, I wish I had done something differently, and then fill in the blank, that you had some skills already, one or two things that you could have said differently.
0: Well, I I would say one of the skills that I have had, and I seem to have lost, is the ability to just stop for a minute.
1: Okay, to put yourself on pause.
0: Put myself on pause, exactly. Okay. And maybe I seem to not be managing that very well.
1: Okay, now what that does, putting yourself on pause is a terrific skill, because what it does, it prevents you from as you exploding, from acting in the moment, and it buys you time to think about alternative ways of responding to the same situation. For example, if your kids call you a name and you say, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap, don't you ever do that again, you're going to be punished, and blah, 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 blah. If you, right. if you tend to do something like that, then you you need an alternative. If you're subconscious, if you have not trained your mind that you have a few options on the menu of responding in situations like that, then when you put yourself on pause, there's no station to turn to, so to speak. I, I mixed uh, okay. metaphors here, but There's no station to turn to, and so you definitely want to give yourself alternatives. And that's what I had to do when I had I had two children, and when they reached their teenage years, I'm sure I struggled at times as all parents do so you've got the fundamental skill another skill would be in the example I said if a kid calls you a name you know you're a jerk dad or worse than that obviously you say you know that's a funny thing to say it sounds like something's bothering you tell me what's you know what's up hun and it totally diffuses the situation so there are skills that will help you diffuse the situation And it's an amazing opportunity to learn those skills. That's when I learned a lot of my communication skills when I had kids. So I am going to recommend a book uh, I'm going to actually recommend two books. One is How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. Very long what? title. Okay. You can also go to my website, drkenner.com, and read about it. Uh, you know, I've got it up there under books, parenting books. And that's okay. by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslisch. Now, this book deals with little tykes. You don't have little tykes. You have teenagers. Little tykes don't deal with alcohol problems or being out too late and, you know, breaking curfew or wanting their independence, right? I mean, yeah, I know the terrible twos, but the terrible twos are a tad different from the terrible 13s, 16s, and 15s, right? 17s and 15s, right? So the same authors wrote a book, How to Talk So Teens Will Listen. Okay, and, very good. And that's good. And there's also a book, an old, old book, but I love it, Between Parent and Teenager by Haim Ghanat, Dr. H-A-I-M-G-I-N-O-T-T.
0: Okay, and it's called Between Parent and Teenager?
1: Right. It's Between Parent and Teenager. So, you know, you can deal with anger management skills, too. That's another angle to come at it. And absolutely the number one skill you already have. You just need to polish it a little, that putting yourself on pause. And there are different ways to put yourself on pause. The way not to do it is to storm out of the house saying, "I'm leaving," because they don't know if you're leaving forever. You know, you you traumatize them just by doing that with the vagueness. If you say, you know, I'm feeling a bit hot under the collar, or I'm feeling like I might lose it again. I don't want to do it with you kids, so I'm going to just take a breather. I'm going out for a car ride or a walk for a half hour or an hour, and I'll you know I'll come back and you know I'll feel a little better maybe we can talk maybe we can connect better you can also prepare them in advance I told my daughter my daughter once said to me this is not with anger but with guilt uh-huh. she said to me mom are you trying to make me feel guilty she was a little tyke and man she caught me in action <laughs> and I said yes and I just said to her honey if I ever do that again will you tell me will you say that again because I don't want to do that to you right So there is a way, and I mean, we could go into the specifics of your case, but we can't on the short amount of time we have here. So there are ways to manage anger, and one is to look at what you say to yourself and see if it's completely accurate. Anger is your injustice detector. It's telling you that something's not fair. So a friend may may not call me, and I'll say, I can't believe she ignored me. She said she would call me and she didn't call me, you know, and I hate her and I'm never speaking with her again. Then I find out later she was in a car accident. That's why she didn't call me. I feel awful because, you know, I didn't have my facts straight. So you can feel a strong emotion, but you need to make sure that it's grounded in fact. And many times we just lose it because... That's how we lost it as a kid. It usually brings up old baggage for us. So anyway, listen, I wish you the best with that.
0: Thank you. I very much appreciate the lines to the books, um, and I will indeed look those up. Thank you.
1: Okay, you're very welcome. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and the show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. If you're dealing with anger issues or problems with your kids or maybe problems with your grown kids, give me a call. I'm a clinical psychologist, so there are lots of topics we can talk about, toll-free, 1-877-D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R
0: When I entered my marriage, I
1: left my true self at the door. Now I don't even know who I am anymore.
0: My girlfriend doesn't want to make anyone mad. I never know how she truly feels. And I'm clueless when it comes to pleasing her sexually. She won't express what she likes.
1: How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget? I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish we mean the